The Start On Demand. demand. A huge change is coming to the public health orders on Saturday, including the removal of the mask mandate indoors. Lots to talk about this morning and reaction from both restaurants and personal services. Also at the news conference yesterday, Premier Brian Pallister apologized for last month's comments that he made about settlers who didn't come to Canada to destroy. Those comments were met with criticism. He finally apologized, and that apology has been met with criticism. Blue Bomber home opener tomorrow night. We spoke to Blue Bomber's president and CEO, Wade Miller, and a passionate super fan of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And hey, that's going to be a big crowd tomorrow night. On the subject of crowds, what's the biggest crowd you've ever been a part of? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's on vacation. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, August 4th podcast for The Start. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on vacation. Our question of the day at cjob.com How do you feel about the province dropping the indoor mask mandate starting on Saturday? And we'll share those results in a moment. But Greg, (laughs) based on the obscenity-laden text message I received from you yesterday, (laughs) I suspect, uh, I know how you feel about it. Yes, look. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes those things are between us but at the at the at the very same time this is uh an, an announcement i was not expecting yesterday at all i i firmly believe we know what needs to happen we've done what needs to be done in order of getting COVID 19 under control in manitoba and to throw the doors essentially wide open in uh today is wednesday yes yep Thursday, Friday, and three and a half days, I don't know. It just uh, feels as though it's uh, a little bit too much too soon. But I get it. This is what the province announced weeks and weeks ago when they set out the targets in the 4321 plan, the 432, one great summer, three holiday milestones right from the plan itself. The summer reopening path proposes a phased-in approach with more freedoms and less restrictions for each of the three holidays we look forward to each summer. As long as vaccination uptake continues to rise and COVID-19 remains under control, by the time of each long weekend milestone, Manitoba will proceed to ease more and more restrictions. And we've reached the Labor Day milestone, the goal of 80% plus of all Manitobans age 12 and above having received their first vaccination dose. And according to the Premier, we're about 25,000 people short of achieving that 75% plus having received their second vaccination dose. So that's the Labor Day target. And what it says In the plan, all services, facilities, and businesses will reopen with limited restrictions in some cases. And, Brett, that's exactly what we got yesterday. And just to clarify, Greg didn't send me an angry text. It was more of a shocked text because we talked about this yesterday and we were just shooting the breeze. And I said... Uh, what what would your reaction be if they pulled the indoor mask mandate? And and I was asking that just for fun, really, because neither of us expected that to be pulled. We've both applauded the province for the cautious approach, and we you know we, we've been doing well, and the numbers are going down, and the test positivity is going down, and hospitalizations are going down, and 
as you look at cjob.com for the results, and we're going to put this up on Twitter as well, uh, but how do you feel about the province dropping the indoor mask mandate starting Saturday? And so far, 60% say, great, I'm taking it off. 32% say, not great, it's too soon, and everyone should leave them on. And 8% say, I'm okay with other people not wearing it, but I'm still going to. And uh, I, got a, like, what, I got a text message from a buddy right away saying, oh, I can't wait to take the mask off. I think I will continue to wear it. Um, partly, if for no other reason, just so that I can continue to mutter under my breath. Uh, and not look like a psycho. <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, I was just so happy to be out uh, over the last several weeks and be in restaurants and to be able to enjoy socialization with people from outside my household. But, Brett, I have to confess, I was also very comfortable in those situations, particularly in restaurants, knowing that everyone in that room with me was also double vaccinated and that confirmation. And so now the onus has sort of now been flipped on those of us that are double vaccinated. Well, if you don't feel comfortable with the way things are, then you can continue to wear a mask. There will be businesses we know that will continue to require a mask because it's a national policy or even a national or international policy for some of the larger retailers. It will be interesting to see how many retailers and other businesses uh, continue to ask you to wear a mask when inside. But here we are, and uh, I just, uh, yeah, never imagined that that's what we were going to hear yesterday. I'll be quite honest. Yeah, and um, I we were going to get some... Reaction this morning to yesterday's updated public health orders at 7.37. We are going to speak to Jay Kilgore from Finns. And then at 8.07, we'll talk to Rosario Cesario from the Pure Escape because among some of the sectors that no longer will have restrictions are personal services. And uh, he runs a massage therapy uh, facility and uh, he does a great job by the way I should probably go see him again soon because my back's been getting tight uh, once more and uh, we are also going to talk about football 707 baby the bombers tomorrow the big boss with the hot sauce at the Winnipeg Football Club Wade Miller will join us to to talk about uh, I guess the rumors that the game is sold out for tomorrow night. There are tickets available, so we'll clarify. Find out how you can get tickets. The Premier is asking for forgiveness for comments he made about Canada's history. Last month, Brian Pallister said people who came to colonize Canada didn't mean to destroy Indigenous communities, saying they came here to build. Pallister repeatedly defended his comments for days after, and yesterday the Premier apologized for any misunderstanding his comments caused and says his intent was to try to bring people together. I saw the reactions and I understood that I was misunderstood, and I apologize for that. I should have been clearer in my comments, but my heart was in the right place, and so uh, that's why I'm offering a statement of, uh, of apology today and asking for people's understanding. Let's move forward and build. That's something I've been after for years and years, decades. So the reaction, of course, uh, was swift on this, and uh, I, w- I, w- I was caught off guard watching this uh, news conference because I was so, first of all, kind of flabbergasted by some of the public health orders, and then suddenly this apology came in, and, and something about it struck me as odd, and I had to sort of think about that. What did you think of that, Greg? 
Well, you know, whenever you turn it around and and say my comments were misconstrued or misunderstood, uh, that's usually the sign of a non-apology apology for me. You're, you're putting the onus on the listener, those uh, who are paying attention to what you're saying. And when you take as long as the pre- Premier has to apologize for this, it also feels less than sincere and i don't mean to be hard on the premier on this one but come on man you've had over two weeks to clarify what you said and how you felt as it was interpreted by others and so in all that time you couldn't have come up with something stronger that's my reaction to it yeah i I sort of thought the same thing i'm sorry i was misunderstood um it's not just i'm sorry I'm sorry that I was missing that you didn't understand what I was saying. I do believe his heart was in the right place, but he he got it he got it wrong. And I think an apology, a straight out apology, saying I'm sorry, what I said was wrong. I wasn't clear enough, and and leave it there. But then throwing in that. I was misunderstood, sort of struck me as odd. And I, I just I had to double check. I went to Twitter and just typed in Pallister Apology to see the kind of reaction. And our friend, uh, local author David A. Robertson, essentially said the same thing. The apology is a non-starter. And I just want to make it clear, I'm not criticizing this simply because he's the premier. He says a lot of stuff I like and a lot of stuff I agree with. Like back when he said, if you don't believe in COVID, you're an idiot. I, I, I thought... A, I appreciate that kind of blunt honesty. Yes. And B, it just made me laugh. Or when he said, uh, when he was asked, what if we hit the milestone early? Will we open sooner? And his answer was, yep. Like, okay. That's, <laughs> there was no need for a long-winded answer there. So we know that the Premier is capable of being blunt. We know he is capable of being forthright and speaking his mind honestly. So that's why it puzzles me that someone who sees himself as such a strong leader would allow his words to hang out there the way they did, the way he admitted they hung out there for this long. It's the biggest loosening of public health orders in Manitoba so far. Manitoba's in a good place right now, thanks to the hard work of our public health team and, of course, the collective efforts of all of you. The masks are coming off, and it's getting much closer to business as usual. Yes, health officials are taking a big step towards health recommendations rather than restrictions, something that we were prepared for with the province on track to once again meet a vaccination milestone ahead of schedule. Beginning this Saturday, there will be no restrictions at all at private residences, gyms, libraries, personal services, day camps, retail businesses, and malls. Restaurants will no longer have a restriction on capacity limits and operating hours and won't need to restrict the space between tables. Also, seating won't be restricted to households or those who are double vaccinated. Casinos, professional sporting events, and concert halls can open to full capacity, but you'll have to be vaccinated to attend those locations. Expanded capacity limits, Brett, remain in place for weddings, funerals, church services, and other public gatherings. And face masks will no longer be required in indoor public spaces, although it is strongly recommended, especially for those who are not vaccinated. Removing that mask mandate came as a surprise to many, including the both of us. And as Global's Brittany Greenslade reports, some say it's happening too soon. It's happening. 
no masks and few capacity restrictions. On Saturday, Manitobans will face the largest loosening of restrictions since the start of the pandemic. We see case numbers uh, declining, we see test positivity, hospital admissions all declining while immunizations are uh, increasing. Uh, so it puts us in a position right now to, to loosen those restrictions. Chief Provincial Public Health Officer Dr. Brent Rusin says it's time to start moving Manitoba into a post-pandemic future, away from public health requirements to recommendations. At this point, um, the continued shutting down of our uh, economy and our society is, is not um, realistic in the long term. We have to learn how to live with COVID as well as the other uh, endemic respiratory viruses. But epidemiologist Raywat Dianandan says we're not at that stage of the pandemic yet, and lifting the mask mandate is premature. Most concerning is the mask mandate. That's the cheapest, most impactful thing to keep on the table. It's only a physical annoyance. So that should be the last thing to go, and it strikes me as bad policy to let that one fall by the wayside. Manitoba is following all three western provinces that lifted mask mandates and public health orders in recent weeks. All have also seen a surge in cases since. One infectious disease expert says the same will happen here. The question is how quickly and how many. Uh, we've seen this around the world. As people proceed out of these really restrictive um, rules and regulations, cases always go up. The, and, and we need to be ready for that. But Rusin says restrictions can't be used to control COVID cases forever. If we uh, leave restrictions on, um, thinking that at some point they might uh, increase, we will be in a constant lockdown here. Uh, and we know that that has significant health impacts as well. So our epidemiology right now supports the further loosening of restrictions. We're, of course, going to watch things uh, uh, closely. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. Now we're having a guest on at 7.37, Jay Kilgore from Finns. And I believe, Greg, it was him who posed uh, an interesting question on social media last night. Yeah, he asked, where was the Engage MB survey on this one? Something that we've seen pretty much at every step along the way of reopening. And uh, I, I think it's a question worth asking. Also, there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this that, I, that I'm really happy to see and that I'm okay with. Uh, but there are some, some puzzling things, like, for example, uh, weddings. The outdoor... Organized outdoor gatherings in public setting capacity limited to 1,500 people or 50% of capacity, which is, whichever is lesser. So, so you could have a wedding outside, yes, 1,500 people, but uh, still no dancing. So if you want to have the, the dance with your bride, I guess you can't. You have to do it in private. Private dancing. Private dancer, little Tina Turner. Ah, so there and so with some of these restrictions that are still in place that's a good one to point out the right the fact that there is no dancing allowed you said it you said it yesterday you posted it on twitter yesterday for the world to see the whole idea of we've been told that uh, indoor space was something that was of concern and it feels as though that now on saturday outside of dancing to either country rock and roll or something in between <laughs> You know, fill your boots. Yeah, the indoor gatherings one was also the, where I, I kind of scratched my head because for months they've been saying private indoor gatherings are the problem. And they made reference numerous times to this potluck. That, yes. they, that was their go-to example. There was a potluck and people got sick and COVID was transmitted. And now, so yesterday Dr. Rooston said only 
high-risk areas will still have some restrictions. So sectors open without restrictions. And the first thing he says is indoor and outdoor gatherings at private residences. And I thought, what? Pardon me? Now I realize that many more Manitobans are vaccinated now than even just a few months ago. But that one still struck me as uh, a little odd. Especially when we're going, in my mind, once again, (laughs) a personal opinion, especially when we're going from a a situation where there was that dramatic distinction and difference in the numbers of people that you could have at your home. 25 outdoors, 5 indoors. And so that, that spoke very loudly, I think, to anyone paying attention that that risk is indoors. And now to be throwing it out less than six weeks later is a head-scratcher to a lot of people. And he also commented on, you know, he was asked several times with the Delta variant uh, being shown to be uh, more transmissible uh, even among those who are fully vaccinated. Why do all of this stuff? Why pull the mask mandate? Why loosen these restrictions so much? And he said, look, uh, the vaccine... Yes, it it can transmit more easily, but the vaccine, the whole point of the vaccine is to prevent severe outcomes. So we could still get it. We could still get sick, but it might, it should, should keep us out of the hospital. And that was the whole point. Yes, that was the whole point. And you know what? I trust the vaccines. I trust, I trust that we're going down this road. It's, you know, I just. I'm not blind to what's going on in other parts of the world. Yes, we're in unprecedented numbers in terms of vaccinations, not only versus ourselves, but versus other parts on the planet. So, yes, we should be hopeful, but damn it, have we not learned anything? Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> Sorry, that caught me off guard. Well said, Greg. biggest crowd you've ever been in or maybe the most crowded place you've ever been like for me i always think of the bar cowboys in calgary wall to wall you couldn't even move greg do you know if that thing that place still exists it's been like 25 years it's still around yeah can can confirm i was there like three years ago. yeah okay because i know that they were uh, contemplating tearing down that location for, of course, a 50-story building in Calgary. Every piece of property in downtown Calgary seems to be earmarked for that. So it's good to know Cowboys still exist. So tell us something, you know, fun or weird that happened in a big crowd. Maybe it was, maybe it was a concert, you know, like the floor level of a stadium concert. So I think of Edgefest, bouncing around Edgefest like I was on a pogo stick when I had to reunite with my friends at the front. Uh, or maybe you hate crowds and you avoid them at all costs. Tell us a story at 204-780-6868 for a chance to... Win. So, Mr. Poitras, let's start with you. Well, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Cowboys because as I've gotten older, I mean, when I was like 18 or 19, yeah, I'd go to those clubs and be crammed in there and for some reason think that that's fun. But uh, now I just I couldn't imagine going to a club now. Uh, but I, I, I love crowds. Um, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the Bomber game. Uh, tomorrow, getting back in there, hearing the roar of the crowd, uh, you know, the, the, the going to a Jets game when there's that, you know, when they score, that big cheer. Uh, but, like, one of the best moments that I can remember as a part of a crowd uh, was at Country Fest. Oh, my goodness, a long time ago. And uh, Brooks and Dunn was supposed to be playing. And I was a, I'm, I'm a big Brooks and Dunn fan. And so, anyways, they ended up having to cancel because Dunn's voice apparently 
was shot and he couldn't do it. Then I heard him driving home. He was doing his radio show at that time, and he sounded just fine to me <laughs> on the ride home, uh, but he canceled. <laughs> and uh, Keith Urban actually uh, replaced him, and I was not a big Keith Urban fan at the time. I was like, oh, God, Keith Urban. But I paid for the ticket. I might as well go to the show. And it was probably the best concert I've ever been to. Everybody was singing along. Everybody in the crowd was... You know, had their arms around each uh, each other's shoulders, and it was just like incredible, and it was just such a like a magic moment. Uh, the whole crowd was involved, in, and he was just playing guitar. It was just, it was great. So, uh, I, I I miss that sort of thing. Anybody I know who's been to Dolphin Country Fest says it's one of the best times they have ever had. Skylar Peters, what about you? Uh, I was actually at that uh, Keith Ebb and concert, too. Oh, Poetry. goodness. Oh. Not a bad guy to come out of the bullpen. <laughs> but that, I think that was my final country fest before I turned 18, so I probably had a little less fun than you. But that's that's just my guess, anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, I've, I've actually never been to anything too crazy. I've been to one Blue Bomber game since I moved to Winnipeg. Uh, that was uh, nearly two years ago now. Um, and it wasn't to sell out that night. It was a, it was a weird night for it against the BC Lions. Um, but so I'm, I'm excited to go Thursday. I'm, I'm going to be in the stands as well, somewhere up in the three hundos and the cheap seats, but, uh, looking forward to that. I, I saw some photos from Lollapalooza in Chicago. Uh, and I think everyone there had to be fully vaccinated, but it's just, it's so unnerving to see so many people crammed together right now. And I, like, I didn't mind crowds at all, um, you know, before COVID, but we're just so used to, you know, maintaining six feet of distance and all that stuff. So it's gonna it's gonna take some getting used to too. Wish I had a cool story, but I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off Poitras with uh, Keith Urban. Not a bad guy to come out of the bullpen, that's for sure. No kidding, no kidding. Uh, Forte, what about you? Oh, there's nothing like coming out of a crowd. You know, when you have everyone else's sweat on you and you smell like other <laughs> oh, people's perfume so and cologne. <laughs> Yummy. <me. laughs> <laughs> that's what I miss most. Yeah, baby. No, well, I guess my would be like i was 13 it was like it wasn't my first concert but you know it was one of my first concerts of going alone it was uh the used and alexis on fire and uh you know it was uh, a pretty rowdy show and i was tiny back then and so i remember being like right by the stage and like getting crushed and it's getting a little scared but then all of a sudden i noticed that my feet were not on the ground <laughs> i was stuck in the crowd it was crazy really yeah <laughs> like you were like yeah, a foot my, up my feet my feet were like dangling <laughs> you oh. wouldn't have been able to see otherwise for it jay you should be grateful for that. You just, like, you just moved up your grill. Oh, my God. That's what <laughs> And Mackling, what about you? Oh, I guess probably uh, numerous concerts over the years, but uh, the biggest one was the first big show in a long time at Winnipeg Stadium back in 1983 when David Bowie came to town, the Sirius Moonlight Tour, and my brother and I ended up third or fourth row from the stage it was uh rush seating at that time you couldn't run but you could walk to your spot uh lots of concerns about safety back then and it was so hot down on the floor and you've seen this at other concerts where people would sort of put up their hand i gotta get out of here and they wouldn't send you out the back they would actually move you forward and over the barriers and then take you out of the crowd. And so, um, yeah, that whole idea of being crushed next to uh, somebody else, uh, sometimes it had its benefits, but for the most part, very, very claustrophobic. So uh, David Bowie for me. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb's on vacation. We're asking you at 204-780-6868 to tell us about the biggest crowd 
you've ever been to. Tell us a story about being in a massive crowd. We're talking about that because with the updated public health orders, that's allowing for increased capacities. And of course, we have a big crowd waiting to happen at IG Field tomorrow. And that's what we want to give you, two tickets for that game tomorrow night. Greg, did you see Chrissy's text? Chrissy Penner. Chrissy, I did see Chrissy's text. She was talking about attending a New England Patriots game. Patriot games, of course. Patriots fans always have to throw in something about Tom Brady, the <laughs> goat. Uh, that's when uh, he was there. The game day atmosphere is unreal. Sixty thousand plus people partying, tailgating, just to have a great time. The stadium was packed to the brim. The crowd was loud and. Definitely a memorable experience. And I experienced this in Kansas City and I think Seattle. I think you went down this road as well, Brett. Leaving after the game is definitely interesting too. As you crawl along in the line of vehicles, all the tailgaters will talk to you and even feed you as you're trying (laughs) to get out. I think it took us three hours. To get out of the parking lot at Gillette Stadium. Yes, been there, done that. Maybe not three hours, but boy, oh boy, some of those big events in the States, it takes forever to get out of the parking lot. It was an announcement anticipated by many Manitobans. Effective this Saturday, August the 7th, Manitobans will be able to enjoy more freedoms, with expanded indoor and outdoor activities. Restrictions will be modified or eliminated altogether depending on the sector or activity and the associated level of risk. Beginning on Saturday, those freedoms now include dining indoors with no requirement to be double vaccinated when seated with people living outside your household. Jay Kilgore owns and operates two pubs, Finn McCool's Crossroads and Finn's at Grant Park. Good morning, Jay. Morning. Well, let's begin with your day prior to yesterday's announcement from the province. Uh, what did you think we would hear and the anxiety associated with these announcements over the past 17 months? Um, well, I thought we'd see increase in a lot of outdoor dining um, and some of those restrictions, maybe up to 100% capacity there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, the, the announcement was surprising, but uh, it they always are. So there's always a little wrench thrown in. So we'll we'll figure it out. But is it a is it a good thing though? Are you happy? Um. Yeah i I've had a bit more time to think about it. Um, I guess as long as there's no serious consequences attached to opening, um, it, it's a really good thing. Um, it's it won't change a whole lot for us as far as capacity wise goes. We're we're at a level of staffing right now where. Um, and I think the whole industry is in the same situation where we can't really get a whole lot busier. So um, I don't see us adding a lot of our tables back yet, but uh, it'll it's a welcome addition for the fall um, when we lose our large patios. And for restaurants that haven't had the ability to extend to make large patios or you know pivot in that way, it's, it's great news for them. Yeah, one of the neighborhood restaurants that, that we like to – to visit uh, didn't really have the ability to create a large patio, but we were there on Friday night, Jay, and they were they were packed to the gills. And I have to confess, I was very comfortable in that situation because they were checking QR codes. 
they were having us fill in that roster and that declaration and 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 our contact information so i was comfortable in that large group of strangers knowing that they were in the same boat as i was double vaccinated now that sort of safety net that that safety blanket if you like it disappears on saturday how do you think your guests are going to feel about that um, I think we'll see a decrease in guests uh, overall. I think that a lot of the people were coming out because they were comfortable um, and they felt safe in that environment. Um, I think that, you know, it, it puts a lot of onus on an individual businesses to, to make decisions based on their guests' comfort level, um, which, you know, I guess, you know, we just have to live with and deal with and make our decisions accordingly. Um, but I do think that uh, a lot of people that have been comfortable going out because of vaccination statuses indoors, um, I think that, that there's a large chunk of those people that will not be comfortable anymore, which is unfortunate. And what about masks with the, uh, the, the, the mask mandate changing? Uh, will you continue to ask customers to, to wear them or, or will your staff still be wearing them? Um, the only thing that we've decided so far is that uh, we, we had a meeting with uh, our staff and everyone decided that they'd probably be more comfortable wearing them for now. So um, we're going to be leaving masks on for our staff. Um, I think that we'll have obviously a, a sign at the door that it's still a recommendation. We're, we're undecided on whether or not we'll mandate it indoors in our restaurant, but uh, we are discussing that. Um, with no distancing in the restaurants required, um, we've also decided that we're still going to keep our tables six feet apart to, you know, you know, help with some people's comfort levels. But uh, we're just, uh, yeah, it's less than 24 hours, so we're still, still trying to process it all. And you know, we're, I know a lot about running restaurants, and I've got to trust that, you know, um, they've, public health has thought this through. Um, I, my initial reaction yesterday was that it was. A little bit too fast and i'm a little worried about what's going on around in other provinces but uh um, those aren't my decisions so i can say uh unequivocally that uh, the safety and well-being of your customers is second only to the health and safety of your staff been following you on the social media through this entire thing jay so uh i I commend you for that and and thanks again for for being willing to to share your thoughts with us so openly on the air this morning what's the reaction been from your staff and 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 what kind of goodwill do you think you've created over the last 17 months Um, because it's tough to it's tough to hire good people even more difficult to keep them yeah it's I think that throughout this, I, I haven't been making decisions on my own. Um, everyone's comfort levels are different, and they, they work hard, and they deserve to be involved in the decision-making. So um, I think that uh, every, every decision we make going forward is is going to be um, in in line with their uh, comfort level. And uh, it's uh, like there, there was a lot of scared staff yesterday. We interact with... Like yesterday, I looked at the numbers before I got on the call. We interacted with 270 people within our Grand Park location. So we need to be conscious of that. And we, you know, with with positivity rates so low, and it seems like there's no almost no community spread right now, that we're in a comfortable position. But it worries me that we'll be, you know, locked down again in the fall. I hope, I really hope that's not the case. But, uh, whenever you decide to open things up like this, that's a possible consequence. And so they're, that's what they're worried about. Um, 
I think they were getting pretty comfortable with the status quo. Um, and, you know, it's probably because we're in a luckier position because we, we have the ability to have these large patios and, you know, they're back to making good money. Um, but on the flip side of that, I kind of understand that we have to open back up at some point. Um, so it's a, it's a balance that I probably don't know enough about to be making the decision. And that's why I'm not, I can only just make the, I can make the best decision for my staff and our business. Jay, before we let you go, another uh, restriction that was pulled was the restriction on operating hours. Uh, so mm-hmm. you won't have to close when the you know outside of the usual licensing stuff. But like, uh, so will you stay open beyond midnight? Um, you know what? We've been doing uh, a live music. I'll give us a bit of a plug here. But uh, we've been doing live music on Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights at both locations. So I think we'll stay open until 1 a.m. Um uh, on those nights, but uh, people I find are trained now to go home at a certain time. So even jumping from 10 p.m. till midnight, we haven't seen a, a large increase. Uh, we we might adjust them slowly as people kind of get used to staying out later, but uh, I don't think that'll be the case for the for the summer anyway. Other than Thursday, Friday, Saturday with the live music, it's it's been unfortunate to have to kick people out, you know, right away as soon as the music ends. So that'll be a, a nice change for us. Let's tie this all together. What have you got planned for Bomber Game Night tomorrow? Um, well, we have uh, Bomber bus rides. At, uh, we're, we're doing a park and ride at both locations for every home game. Um, $15 for a burger, bus ride, and a beer. And uh, the Grand Park shuttle is already sold out, and uh, Crossroads is almost sold out. So that'll be it'll be great. We're looking forward to that. And then the, the gold medal uh, soccer game between Canada and Sweden will be going on while the game's going on, so we'll be showing both. So it's uh, it's fun to get back to normal for stuff like that. Um, but like I said, there's always a, a level of uh, caution that we need to take. As we learned yesterday, as of this Saturday, there will be no restrictions on indoor and outdoor gatherings at private residences, gyms and fitness centers, libraries, day camps, retail markets. Uh, garden centers, pardon me, that's retail and markets, garden centers and malls, day camps, and personal services, for example, like hair and nail salons. Well, let's say hello to our friend Rosario Cesario from the Pure Escape Massage Therapy on Corridan. Rosario, thanks for taking some time with us this morning. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, you've been a great guest throughout this entire pandemic. We wanted to get your temperature, your reaction to no more restrictions for you. How do you feel about it? Uh, you know, I, a little bit, there's the good and the bad, you know, like uh, it's been three weeks uh, where we finished three weeks since they kind of raised the first ones. Um, uh, and it was business has picked up and it's been great. Now, the worrisome part is uh, they're removing masks indoors and outdoors or recommending. Now, that's something that is a worry because we're our close contact uh, service doing massage therapy, and it's something that we have to think about, you know, uh, what we're going to do. So that that's where the worry comes in for us. Will you request that your customers wear masks? Right now, I haven't decided. I am definitely leaning that way uh, towards that decision, yes. Uh, it's something that I have to think about. Um, for me personally, when I have to make a decision like that, I have to think about what my staff want and their safety i also think about i'm coming home every day to a five-year-old who can't and is not vaccinated 
I have to think about going to my parents' place who are seniors going into their 80s who are vaccinated. Doesn't mean we still can't get the virus and transmit the virus. So these are all the things that I'm thinking about. Staff, I have someone who just came back from mat leave. She's going home every day to a one-year-old. That's a concern for me. Uh, their families, that's a concern for me. So these are, these are things that weigh very heavy on me. And I know the public thinks it's great. Great, no masks, awesome, tear them off. Hold on, let's slow down a little bit. Let's slow down indoors, close contact. These are things that are still a concern. The Delta variant is, is very transmissible. Viruses choose and find the path of least resistance. And least resistance is not putting a mask on inside and being in close contact with someone. We need to think about this and slow down just, just a bit before we, we make these decisions. So these are the things that I'm thinking about. Well, this is why we brought you on and bring you on, uh, because, Rosario, I think you're echoing the sentiments of many Manitobans, not all for sure, but there are many who are asking us to consider the people you just asked us to consider, those that cannot get vac- vaccinated, too young to, to do so, uh, mothers and and our parents that might be susceptible still, even though they are vaccinated, they can still get sick from this virus. Let me ask, it to you, ask you this way. Rosario, did you find that things were sort of going okay the way they were the last, let's say, six, seven weeks? Yes. Uh, you know, like like I said, uh, okay, let's go back two months, like you're asking. They were going good. Uh, then, you know, we, we finally got to that point where they eased restrictions three weeks ago. And all of a sudden, we found, I found for my myself, my business, we were going back to normal in terms of just like our numbers and revenue and and filling our schedule because we were struggling to do that uh, for the last six months. Really, we were. And all of a sudden, they eased restrictions and people started coming back, which was good. And it showed that people were listening. So it was something that I felt good about. You know, when, when I could look back and say, okay, six months ago we weren't as busy because people were listening and saying, okay, stay home if you have to. Don't go out if you don't need to. And that's great. Then they eased the restrictions. And guess what? Business went up. That was great. That was good. But we need to do it cautiously with concern, and we need to do it smart. You know, so uh, I think that it, it's just so quick to just say, okay, in five days no one has to wear a mask anymore. Like, whoa, hold on. You know, like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, like, let's think about this. Especially, again, close contact. What we do is about as close contact as you can get. We are in a room one-on-one with a client doing massage therapy. There's a concern there. You know, it's, it's an airborne thing that's going to be in the air that you can catch. Now, all of a sudden, no one's wearing a mask. Let's slow down and think about this. Rosario, uh, just before we let you go, and we just said that we only have about 30 seconds, but the removal of restrictions, what does that mean in terms of the steps you've been required to take for sanitizing and what have you? We did not change those at all. We have not changed our protocols and procedures to sanitize and clean. We said, let's just keep doing what we're doing and keep it safe. Because, again, we think about the families and the people in our lives that we have to go home to.
the Winnipeg Blue Bombers open the season tomorrow night. And the CFL has established a policy should COVID-19 issues force game cancellations this year. So according to the policy, if a game is canceled due to COVID-19 issues and can't be rescheduled, the club suffering from said COVID-19 issues will forfeit a one nothing loss. If both squads have COVID-19 issues, each will forfeit the game and be assigned losses. Now, in either scenario, Brett, if a team can prove at least 85% of its players under contract have been vaccinated at least once, the players will receive their salary for the cancelled game. If that figure falls below 85%, players won't be paid. It was not clear if coaches would still be paid if a team's vaccination rate fell below 85% as they are not part of the league's collective bargaining agreement it has with its players. The CFL said as of last Friday, when teams made their final cuts, 79% of players were fully or partially vaccinated. Three clubs had over 85% of their players vaccinated with the rates of the other six ranging between 67 and 81%. Here's Blue Bombers head coach Mike O'Shea from last night's Blue Bombers Coaches Show with Bob Irving. I said earlier today, it's not just about starting. You know, it's not about getting the CFL started. It's about making sure we have an entire season that culminates in a great cup in December in Hamilton. So um, we want to finish also, right? So, um, you know, these... These measures uh, seem harsh, obviously, when you just read it out like that. But I also know that we've got a lot of fans and um, there's a lot riding on us continuing to play. Um, so uh, I guess if it was agreed upon, it was agreed upon. I, you know, we're very, you know, on behalf of the Bombers, we're very encouraged by the, by the number of players that we have vaccinated and the continued education that's going on and, uh, and the concern from the players, too. So, um We'll just uh, keep on going and and see where we where we land in terms of the numbers. The announcement also said, Mike, that three clubs had over eighty five percent of their players vaccinated. Would you care to say if the bombers were one of them? Uh, I'm not that good at math, Bob. I'm I imagine we're we're if we're not, we're very close. But uh, I will have to figure that out very shortly. I'm sure. In other words, you don't want to answer that question. Pretty much. <laughs> well, I can tell you this, Brett. We have it on very good authority and are comfortable in telling you that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are, in fact, one of the three teams who are over 85% vaccinated. Is that fair, do you think, for the CFL to to push this this forfeit, like in, a, in, a, in an event where two teams uh, can't play because they're both having COVID-19 issues. They're both handed a loss. Uh, what was your reaction to this? Well, you can't both get a win. I suppose that would be a detriment to uh, all the other teams and the integrity of the schedule in the first place. So yeah, I guess it would have to be both of them receiving a loss because the game's not played and you only have 14 games. So you can't have uh, teams playing different number of games and that that short of schedule you don't want it at all so yeah i think that's the way to go the nfl <laughs> if you are uh, in any way involved and 
your team is not at the vaccination levels in the NFL, the penalties are incredibly severe. Uh, we don't have time to go through them right now, but the NFL has really taken a stand on this as well. If you want to hear the entire coaches show, head to cjob.com. You'll find it in the audio vault. It was on at 7 o'clock last night. Usually it's on Mondays, uh, but it was on last night in lieu of the holiday Monday. Text message from Glenn Ward. At 204-780-6868 on his story of being in a big crowd. I was at the WMO PGA tournament in Phoenix in a large crowd of people on the eighth hole. This is the tournament with this, the stadium par three where Tiger Woods got his hole in one. You got it, buddy. Okay, so he says, I went and stood right at the ropes as the crowd filled in behind me. Phil Mickelson was teeing off. His tee shot hit the top of the tree I was standing against and dropped to the ground to my feet. So Phil comes over, looks at me, and says, I wasn't planning on meeting you here today. I had a bird's-eye view of his shot, a 7-iron over a tree landing close to the pin 220 yards away. That's why you go to a tournament like that, in the off chance that something like that incredible happens. How personal. Great story, Glenn. That is wonderful. And it, Phil is so... I never didn't used to like Phil Mickelson. but uh, Yeah, I didn't used to like him, but he, his social media, his his commentary, his humor, he's, uh, he's a character. And if only he could just keep his tee shot straight, he'd be so much better. Wait to see the championship banner honoring the 2019 Grey Cup victory, Brett. It, it it was the first time in 29 years that Grey Cup win over overall the 11th championship for the Blue and Gold. This was the Blue Bomber fight song and touchdown song, by the way, when I was a kid attending games at the old Winnipeg Stadium. We're proud of the Blue Bomber name, so proud of its glory and fame. Ah uh-huh, yes. Our blue bomber teams never yield. Nope. Let's fight on to victory for great is our destiny. So fight on, blue bombers, fight. I know that thousands of you can't wait to celebrate in the stadium tomorrow night. Included in that group will be Carol Lobb. Carol, good morning. Oh, hang on, I'm done. There we go. Good morning, guys. <laughs> Thanks for taking some time with us. I admitted yesterday that I was likely to be a puddle. As that 2019 yeah. championship banner banner gets unveiled, uh, where will your emotions be? Oh, I think it's just going to be an incredible night. We've waited, you know, a very long extended off season. And on top of that, coming back to celebrate the raising of the banner and a Grey Cup championship that we feel like we haven't been able to celebrate altogether. I think it's just going to be an incredible night. When did you become a fan? I was a fan really, um, like, late teens. Uh, and then I got my own season tickets. The second I turned to be an adult in 1994, we actually got our 25-year uh, season ticket brick on the last home game that was ever at IG. So I can't wait to get back there. It was an incredible night, that game, October 25th. And to think we haven't been back since. Um, can't wait to get back. Carol, boy, oh, boy, you picked a great time. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. being sarcastic here to jump on the Blue Bomber bandwagon. I just went back and forth with one of our listeners here, you know, talking about what happened in uh, the, the Great Cup Championship in 1990. The 91 uh, was a difficult yeah. year. And then 92, 93 went to the Great Cup back-to-back years. 94, one play away from going to the Great Cup against BC as the officials uh, blew a, a third-down gamble by the Baltimore Stallions. But I, I'm not I'm not bitter about that. Uh, and then you get on board in 95 in what could have been the worst era of the Blue Bombers for about five seasons there. So you are loyal. Right. I am as loyal as they come. I would say, yeah, we've had some really long trying years and, you know, some devastating losses in there. You know, losing in 2007 in Toronto to the Riders was heartbreaking and uh it took me to this year to be able to be like okay i can go watch my team uh in person and hopefully win a gray cup and i did it and it was an incredible experience and i still feel so lucky that i got to be there fans connections to the players are really genuine do you have any player connections I do. We're very lucky to be uh, family friends with the Big Hills. It just worked out in a crazy kind of scenario. And then they ended up, obviously, Adam ended up playing here. Uh, so that's credible. And then I've met a few people through him. I was very close friends with the La Polices. So I will still have that connection. Unfortunately, we're not playing them this year. But uh, that friendship will remain always. Carol, I've often said, and I was lucky to grow up geographically just blocks away from Winnipeg Stadium. I could see the east side upper deck once they finished building that out, out my bedroom window. And so that connection to the Blue Bombers physically, geographically, and then the players, you know, it's not every community that has a, a CFL team, but, you know, the NHL players, as wonderful as they are, aren't as connected as the CFL players, and yeah. that's really special in my mind. It's so amazing, and the way uh, we got to go down on the field after um, games, you know, in the years previous, and just to be able to connect with those um, players, and you see them around, they start to you know know you that's what makes the cfl amazing to me it's a family and um it's about the fan connection and it means as much to them i think than it does to us i think that's a really good point because we've seen so many blue bombers make winnipeg their home whether they're from somewhere else in canada or across the united states and and it does become home for them doesn't it it does yeah i know like obviously milt always will consider winnipeg you know, a piece of home, and I know people who have played here and moved away, for sure, they'll always, uh, like Yoshi, right? Like, Winnipeg's always home to him. So, yeah, for sure. Well, tomorrow's going to be a big night. Are you right. gonna? Are you just, like, going to, after this, are you just going to go home and, like, just lie down and try to sleep until tomorrow night? So, so, it's, <laughs> no. so it's here? No. no, unfortunately, I'm still catching up on a lot of haircuts. <laughs> so I still have a lot of work to do, which is probably a good distraction. Um, and people love to talk about anything other than COVID. So we're just going to keep chatting bombers. And I'm going to sleep in my jersey and I'm going to pack that Kleenex and we're going to get in the stands as early as we can. And I cannot wait to uh, be in the stands, raise the banner and cheer on my team. Winnipeg Blue Bombers it. super fan Carol Lobb. Thank you so much for joining us uh, to Thanks, help us make, get excited for the game. Yeah, go Bombers. Thank you so much.
Mackling and McGarry McNabb is on vacation. We're giving away two Winnipeg Blue Bombers tickets for tomorrow night's game based on your stories about being in a big crowd, the biggest crowd you've ever been a part of, or maybe the most crowded place you've ever been. Like Dave, for example, says the worst crowd I was ever in was having to use the washroom at a bomber playoff game in the early 80s. What happened is the upper deck plumbing froze, so everyone had to venture down the ramps to use the washroom. It was like Sardine City. Some people just couldn't wait <laughs> and were just whizzing down the ramp and letting it run downhill. I think that crowd was the cause of my claustrophobia. I, I have nothing left to add. The trough was froze. What can you say? <laughs> That's terrible. Sorry you had to go through that, Dave. Uh, and then I'll read Sandra's here, Greg, and you can bring us home with a winner because the the reason we chose that text, that, that there's some pretty big historical significance with the winning text. Uh, but Sandra says, it may not be the biggest crowd ever, but it was about my over 80-year-old mom waiting for her Garth Brooks tickets for two days, a tent on the sidewalk, dancing up a storm, and the highlight, CJOB interviewed her. Her entire oh. life, she listened to CJOB. We were near the front of the line. Garth Brooks was a great show, no doubt. And then uh, Sandra goes on to say, may she rest in peace. That, would, that could have been a winner. Could have been. But Julie pulls out all the stops here. And no, it's not Julie Buckingham. I was 19 years old at the Altamont Speedway concert in December. 1969 and if you're a student of history and of a certain vintage you know this concert my boyfriend and i got there early each carrying a carton of apples which we gave away as we wandered through the crowd and towards the stage a long way 300,000 attendees wow. i remember crosby nash and young coming on and apologizing as they hadn't played much together yet we got very close to the stage as the Rolling Stones came on. We both felt intensely uncomfortable. We decided to leave and headed to the edge of the crowd to work our way back to the entrance. Not until we were back home did we hear about the violence and the stabbing which occurred. So thankful we trusted our senses of discomfort. Julie, that is just incredible. Thank you very much for sharing the story. And thanks to all for sharing stories. But Julie gets the bomber tickets. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.